1: boy we got an awful awful lot of stuff to get into here with michael irvin thank you for joining us as always man good to catch up with you how you what an insane week 15 we have had so far
2: yeah it was a great week week 15. we had three games that ended with touchdowns like walk-off touchdowns and two of them were defensive games It, it was an incredible week but I still can't believe my Cowboys lost to the Jags. So I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's all
1: I'm saying. So Ray and I were talking about, what if we only asked you Trevor Lawrence questions the entire interview? Like, don't you like his hair? Don't you think those are cool uniforms? Don't you? <laughs> but we're not going to do that to you, man. The holidays are coming. But that's, I mean, so what do you make, though? of the Cowboys losing in the fashion that they did to let's face it you know not not the best Jacksonville team team. yeah an awful team following up what was nearly a disastrous loss to the Houston Texans why are the Cowboys trending in the wrong direction at the worst time for them to be
2: doing that in your opinion well first of all the Houston Texans I think we underestimate just how good they are. You see what they did with the Kansas City Chiefs. They took them to overtime, also. So you know, kudos to Lovey for having those guys play like they're playing. But 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 the Cowboys. It feels like I felt like they were overlooking. You know what I'm saying? Overlooking the Jags, thinking about that big game uh, against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles this Saturday, and not focusing. On this business at hand. And, and and you know, let me tell you, you have this kind of defense that the Cowboys have had. And you only have one sack in the last two games it, 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 that's falling short of what you're supposed to be. And especially since Anthony Brown is going out on one corner. And you have uh, the young guy over at corner. It's just, I mean, he's just giving, up, he's giving up too many plays. It's just the
1: reality. You know, the weekend isn't over until Monday night football wraps up, obviously. But it's been kind of an interesting week that started with the Forty ers looking very impressive with Brock Purdy on the road, getting it done up in Seattle, and obviously Seattle's going in the wrong direction. But with the Forty ers continuing to stay on their pace, even on a third-string quarterback. With the development of Jalen Hurts' shoulder injury, which we're still trying to understand the severity of that, and I know the Eagles got to be very, very worried. With the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are going in the wrong direction right now, Michael, and with the fact that even though the Minnesota Vikings did just cap off the biggest comeback in NFL history, the clown show that put them in that situation was bad enough for me to ask you the question, are the 49ers... In your mind, like officially the team to beat in the NFC now, since we got a question mark dangling over the Eagles for the first time all year?
2: Well, I don't know if it's the first time all year because the Eagles went to a little spat where they, you know what I'm saying, had a lot of turnovers and, and had some struggles, and they bounced back from that, but we saw some of the issues again this week. And I say to you, yes, right now, if you say, right now, who's playing the best ball? in the nfc you would have to say the 49 after what they did to Tampa after what they just did you know what i'm saying it, it, it was an incredible game let's just stop playing that was an incredible game for birdie it was an incredible game for him uh, you know what i'm saying to beat tom brady and get that position and do all of those things look at how great they look right now so yes i would have to say right now I would say they are the number one team in the NFC, and on the AFC side, I'm still going with the Cincinnati Bengals, not not the Kansas City Chiefs, not the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, but the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Wow! Then the Bengals just beat Tom Brady this week.
2: I mean, it, the the you're you're your two right. weeks and ago. Yeah, there was Brady. I never felt I never felt as many many years as I watched Cincinnati. I've always said, oh, they'll fall apart. They, they're not going to win this game. They'll fall apart. I never thought that the whole while during that game, and they were down to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I said, they will come back and win this game. Cincinnati has changed that narrative. You, you know what I'm saying? Your boy Joe Bar- talked, Barrow talked about it. They said they're going to change the narrative, and they really have. I watched that team and said, I, I, I believe this team will come back, and they did win the game.
3: Um. Given the fact, though, that they won the game in large part because a team quarterback by Tom Brady turned the ball over on five consecutive possessions, does it make you start to wonder how much more tread is on the Brady tire, whether maybe this might not be it because he's losing it, or is he just on a bad team?
2: Well, uh, it's a great question, and and it's a complex question. The reality is, I don't think that Brady has lost it and can't play, but I do think that he has lost what makes him great with his team. Think about this, like they had issues right up the middle of the offensive line. You know what I'm saying? And then they've had issues with that that with that with receiver that becomes Brady's security blanket, the, the Gronkowski, the, the Julian Edelman, the West Walkers, all of that, that middle of the field. We're watching Tom Brady Play outside football in his whole career, he's played inside football, inside out. Now he's playing outside in with Mike Evans, and it's just not his
1: name. He looks bad doing. Michael, going into the anatomy of giving up a thirty-three point to the uh, thirty-three to nothing lead at halftime, where do you think it started going wrong for the Colts? W- was it the hiring of Jeff Saturday? The injury to Jonathan Taylor? I mean, it, it just. Uh, that's not supposed to happen. I mean, 1,548-1-1 one one is the historical NFL record for teams that carried a 30-point lead in a professional football game. That was, uh, that was spectacular and glorious and inglorious all at the same time. Where do you think it went wrong for the Colts?
2: And for me. For me. Who's been talking about Kirk Cousins and all, you know what I'm saying, with with, with and I'm just saying, with, with, with what they did, come back today, it was insane. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, I, I, I love, I love watching it. And this is what I thought I was thinking about, like, because, uh Patrick Mahomes has double-digit interceptions. So I was trying to get Kirk Cousins back in the conversation, you know, because what took him out is the interceptions. Then I was like, wait, wait, Patrick Mahomes has. 11, 12 interceptions, why is he still in the conversation? But you can clearly see, you can clearly see what he does and what he means to that team when, when you watch the game and you see how he maneuvers and all the things that he has to do to get that team in position to win. You know what I mean? It, it's just a different dip. But I was so happy for Kirk Cousins, you know, it, uh, and the kind of game that he had uh, last week and bringing back the Vikings, that was insane. That Saturday, that that, that whole that old treat of games, you know what I'm saying? Because I was there, I was in Minnesota at that game. That whole Saturday was an incredible Saturday. Well, maybe not that that middle game that Cleveland. Uh, that yeah,
1: we're not even asking about that one
2: today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, may, may, maybe that was a different game. That Cleveland that Cleveland uh, Baltimore game was a different game.
3: Um. You were talking about Mahomes' interceptions, and he he does have 11. Uh, Josh Allen's got 11, Kirk Cousins has 11, Dak Prescott's got 11, Joe Burrow has 10, and they're among the league leaders. Do you think that offenses are now less concerned about throwing interceptions than they used to be? Because when the best guys have the highest numbers, does it make you wonder if maybe offensive coordinators and head coaches aren't as concerned by that stat as they used to be?
2: People go crazy when they see interceptions, but you have to understand it's not just the interceptions, it's where you threw the interceptions. When did you throw those interceptions? And the game has gone to the receivers. When I was playing, it was more the quarterback and the running back. You know what I'm saying? But now it's the quarterback in the receiver, that's why they're making thirty, thirty. They'll be making thirty-five million pretty soon. Mark Chase and all those guys are coming up. So, so that's where the game has gone. So, yes, you're going to put the ball in harm's way a little bit more, but but as long as you don't make those crucial interceptions, those crucial interceptions, all interceptions do not cost the same. Some are less, uh, you know, what I'm saying less painful. You're not in the red zone. It's not, uh, you know, it's not crucial time. It's not like what Dak did uh, the other day when, when, it's, when we're in overtime and you, you throw a pick six. Those are crucial interceptions. So, yeah, you don't want to throw them, but I do think they have less value than they did in the past.
1: The Raiders ended a game that, let's face it, when they're in a game and something like that happens, they're normally on the losing side of that. But they weren't. And it was the New England Patriots, a team that built itself as the best prepared and smartest football team, thanks to the coach. No matter, you know, even, even when Brady left, it no one was talking about bone-headed plays the way that we're talking about one of the singular boneheaded plays I've ever seen. I'm 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 running out of things to see for the first time, Michael. I've I've never seen a game end like that in my life. What did you think? of the lateral interception returned for a touchdown.
2: Yeah, I, you know what, I felt so bad for Jacoby Myers. You know I mean, first of all, you're on a team where that's exactly what we've given Bill Belichick credit for, for always preparing his team to the team, to to the last little letter, and to see that just highlights it because it, it was his team. But as he said, it, it, he, he just kind of had what I call like a little brain fart. Now, listen, this is what I now. Why would you throw that ball back to Matt Jones? Now, if your quarterback was Justin Fields, <laughs> if it was Justin Fields, you saw that run that Justin Fields made, you can throw that ball back to Justin Fields. You got a shot. I know I, I you don't do that if the game is tied or if you're winning. You don't do that. But if he Justin Fields with that incredible run he made, I was like, okay. You get tried because he has a chance to win the game, but not, but not Mac like Jones. That was, and I feel bad for him. I, I don't know if he'll ever live that down. It's like when I told Leon Led on Thanksgiving when he went and touched that football. I said, "Big hey, fella." Every Thanksgiving, they'll be talking about you for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he'll ever live that down. Watching that kind of play. Um,
3: but when you, when you're looking at that play, I mean, it's obviously you know bizarre on bizarre. But as you're watching it, are you thinking about, oh, my God, what's Ramondre Stevenson thinking of? Oh, my God, what's Jacoby Myers thinking of? When two guys make plays that ill-advised, does it sort of become like a virus where the one guy does something really stupid and the second guy suddenly forgets the game situation and repeats the error? Is that how
2: that works? Well, well uh, on, let, me, let me first say this. Okay? I I'm not... I'm not as much down on on Ramondre on Stevens. Because really when he when he tossed that ball to Jacobi Mice, if Jacoby Mice tried to hit the sideline, that's what he was trying to think. Oh, okay, everybody's going gonna me. You can hit the sideline, maybe, if I toss it to you and get going. So that, that first one was okay. But for him to turn around and start running the wrong way and then throw the ball back to the well, well the only guy in the NFL That Mac Jones is more athletic than, it's probably the guy he replaced who was Tom Brady. So, so, and neither one of them will ever win um, Best Athlete Award. They're just not going to do it. So, so, you see what I'm saying? So, that's where that would be. I don't even blame Ramondre Stevenson because I I thought also that Myers could have just hit the sideline and just tried. If it works, it works. If it does, you go out of bounds and we go into overtime. But turning around and throwing that ball back there, that, that, that was a brain fart.
1: We saw the Miami Dolphins, Michael, drop a game in Buffalo. It was a good game. It didn't really look like temperature affected Miami because they were you know, in, in control of an awful lot of that game. It's hardly like they laid down and died. But the Dolphins are obviously not going in the same direction that they were early on in the year. I bring up all of that to ask you this question. What is the coldest you've ever been on a football field? <laughs> you know, it
2: was interesting when I was watching that game. I was thinking about when I played in a game like that. And you know what it was? It was that game I just talked about. It was the Thanksgiving Day game. It was the only game that I ever played in snow like that, snow. And it was against Miami. So when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is insane. But watching it and seeing how Miami performed, because I thought there's no way Miami can go to Buffalo or there's no way Miami can go to Kansas City if they had to. There's no way Miami can go to Cincinnati if they had to. But but, but I thought they proved yes, we can if we had to. We can go and win that game. Let me tell you guys something. serious, serious, seriously. Did you see when Waddle caught that damn football and took off when he, you know what I'm saying, when he hit that next year, I was like, oh, my God. I have, that kind of speed was insane and incredible. And then Tyreek Hill down the sideline. They were, they were like on the like 25, 30 yard line, and he still got five, a five yard lead on the defensive line. It, it, it's insane the kind of speed that Miami has. And if they can weather that weather, yeah, they'll, they'll be a dangerous team for anybody to play.
1: Hey great to have you as part of our radio family from our family to your family for real merry christmas man thank you so much for joining us as always and we got some really interesting 49ers football coming up three games to end the year they've already secured their playoff spot in a home game i mean we don't know what their seed's going to be but they're going to start at home and that's really all they can ask for thank you for joining us as always man merry christmas to you seriously it's it's always great to talk to you
2: and, and Merry Christmas to you guys. And you guys have already had your Merry Christmas. You're on, you're on your third quarterback, and he looks like he looks. That's just absolutely insane. I told you when he came in the game, I had those Tom Brady vibes. Somebody asked me, what do you mean by that? I said, when, you, when a guy walks in a game in that kind of environment, you can even see on his face, like he's saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in this. Or he's saying, oh, my God. I can't believe they gave me this chance. I'll never let this go. And that's the kind of vibe I got with that kid. And he's done an incredible job. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody, my brothers.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?